Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. Oh, it's Black Friday time. It is Black Friday time. Yeah, did you you have any uh, great deals that you're ready for? I don't have any deals I want right now. There's nothing good anymore. Do you ever feel that way? There's nothing good anymore? I feel like that's what the, all the American people think right now. <laughs> I, every day of my life is Black Friday when you can get a deal online. So the Black Friday deals specifically don't wow me. Well, you know, it depends. Like, I, I'm pretty good at finding good deals. Like, I'm, I'm exclusively online. I have no interest in doing any Black Friday deals where okay. I have to go, uh, you know, get trampled out. Well, you have to do a Rocky Four style workout to get ready for real in-person Black Friday shopping. You know what I mean? You have to you be do. pulling logs yes. to represent when you're going to pull that refrigerator out Working from under somebody else. now. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's, um, it, it amazes me that some people's yearly tradition is to whatever hassle and trouble people put themselves through. To what get is to. that mindset? Because nobody thinks they're going to get got. Everybody thinks they're going to be fastest and strongest. But whenever you see the footage of... A store opening on Black Friday, there is a lot of pushing and shoving. There is grabbing of items, you know, like you might, some people, I'm just getting an image where people tear underwear in half trying to keep it for themselves. (laughs) That was a great deal on a pair of underwear. It would have been. Yeah. (laughs) I got it half off. That's like, oh, it's like, uh, I was just going to say Solomon, like, you know, you each get to have one half of the underwear. Right. But yeah, but who can use it now that we've both split it evenly? Yeah. So yes, you're not going to shop in person, but you shop online. That's the other funny thing it used to be black friday in person cyber monday online now it's cyber deals all the time yeah it's not just cyber deals all the time it's like every deal is available all week long so like uh gamestop for example has black friday deals that are already in effect they start like on sunday so it's all week long this is like this is where i'm gonna forget when black friday even is supposed to be it's supposed to be the day after thanksgiving right Yes. And it's supposed to be on a Friday. I mean, well, Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday, so that's Right, why. that's the way you remember. But you're right, It's Black Friday is on a Monday now, and it's in a different month even. Yeah, it, it's, a very, it's a very weird concept because now it's losing all meaning. So now Black Friday is just a term. Right. It is actually referring to the sale on the day after Thanksgiving. Right. It does make me light up, though. Every time I see Black Friday, if they put Black Friday on a box of cereal in the grocery store, I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> this one's special. Yeah, and I don't know the I don't know the origins of even the term Black Friday. I don't know why it's called Black Friday. It's probably, if we looked at it, it would be some, some racist term and none of us should be using it or something. Isn't that always the way? Yeah. I, well, you know, I know you're joking, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got the color black and they decided to make, but see, Black Friday is a holiday. It's not a holiday. Black Friday (laughs) is a special day. And it's a capitalistic consumerism holiday. So how could it possibly have been rooted negatively? Thanksgiving, Black Friday. I have an idea. So I mean, Thanksgiving's got some dark connotations to it too. I don't (laughs) know. Yeah, really. The whole, you know what? The whole weekend is cursed. Yeah. But it starts with colonialism and it ends with capitalism. Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. And Cyber say. Monday is when the, the robots, the take, robots over. take over the world, like <laughs> Terminator style. Well, my guess is going to be the reason they call it Black Friday is because you're supposed to get up before the sun is up. Remember that? Did you remember? I remember oh, being yeah. outside of Circuit City 
and it was 4 a.m. So it was dark. You did a you did an in-person like early morning thing? Yes. I think I got up at four to get there at five or something. But it was, yeah, it was Christmas. I could see my breath in front of me. It was dark. All for what? A television? No, you probably got Runaway Bride on DVD for like $8. <laughs> like, I can't believe I can get this. <laughs> the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. No, I because I used to think like, oh, they need Black Friday for procrastinators. Like, you know, it comes on uh-huh. Wednesday afterwards or something like that. <laughs> Right. I missed the deal. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, the whole thing is very, it's very bizarre when we look at it because it is people get so into it. And you were saying like deals happen, you know, all year long and they do. They're kind of, you kind of can get most deals all of the time anyway. And you know what's happening now? I'm desensitized to the deal. So on Black Friday, you have to be giving it away. I mean, I want three for one, the price of one on a Black Friday. I can't just have 30% off. Yeah, it has to be really good. It used to be like, oh man, I used to get a TV for a nickel on Black Friday. And now it's like, oh, I saved, you know, 10%. I could get, right. I got the employee discount. I got now. a slight discount. I notice a lot of products are being given away for free if you will just talk about them on your social media website. And, you know, I have... Curly Comedy is on various platforms, and I have a different set of followings on each one. And so even on my ones with smaller followings, you know, like my little nail blog, people will say, hey, if you get, take this for free and uh, just talk about it a little bit. And it's, I don't want to be a part of your marketing team. Yeah. I would rather pay full price for your products than get them for free and then have to do actual labor. For, it takes hours to edit a video sometimes. It's it's kind of like what they tell kids to do. Like, hey, if you just sell all these cookies or you sell the books <laughs> or you sell these Christmas items, right. you can earn prizes. And, you're and like, the prizes, like a <laughs> plushie that's 59 cents. Yeah, it's something that you would have got out of one of those uh, claw machines. Right. And it's like definitely... I can see it as an adult as a scam, but as a kid, I thought, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. But then I would get into it. Like I would actually try to sell the items and I was a ter- I was always a terrible salesperson. <laughs> I, every job that I've ever had, any type of uh, stuff as a kid, uh-huh. I, the only people that ever bought something was probably like my parents. <laughs> I earned. And you, they really had to twist your arm to get them really to sell did. it to uh, them. Yeah, and Come on, son. Ask me if I want this. I ah, do you want it? You're playing video games. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> and they... Uh, the only prize I ever remember earning mm-hmm. was a tricolored pencil. So it was just a pencil that had like three different colored leads. Ooh, and it had three sides. It was one of those impossible to sharpen pencils. Yes. It, it pro- <laughs> you know what? It probably was something where uh, it wasn't even something I earned. <laughs> it probably just came free. It was what you were supposed to use to fill out the <laughs> form for people. Now you called that your prize or your parents did. That's sweet. I would sell Girl Scout cookies and the the way we like killed two birds with one stone, I guess, or the the way I got the most people signed up is by posting my sign up sheet in a college dorm, whatever you call that front area. I just remember the remember, lobby. The like, lobby. Thank like, you. Yeah. I remember going onto. I'm from Indianapolis, and I went onto Butler campus, and I remember posting it on the little bulletin board and seeing kids that looked like they could have been cast onto the Cosby Show. Like they look like, I should say, a different world. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, same thing. It was just like cool haircuts, cross colors. And I just was like, wow, these are adults. It was that (laughs) Glasses that have a sunglass flip up. Yeah. Well, well, sunglasses that flip up to reveal glasses. It reminded me of like being in a music video for Arrested Development. I felt very cool. (laughs) So anyway, did I sell a lot of cookies? 
I sold enough without having to ask people person to person, but I didn't ever remember getting a prize. I got badges for my Girl Scout efforts. I don't remember actual I didn't vacations do any or anything. Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts or anything like that. But I thought you were going to say like, I, the most I sold was when I was in college and still in Girl Scouts, and I would sell them to my like uh, yeah, well yeah, dorm mates. And nah, things. they didn't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't sell to them. But I no, I left Girl Scouts when I was twelve. Oh, I, I graduated. I, I retired. I truly have no idea what the age is for Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts because there's brownies for girls, right? That's the yes. equivalent to Cub Scouts mm-hmm. for boys and I don't know the age. I felt like I was eight when I was a brownie and then nine I became a Girl Scout or something like that and then 12 yeah. I left it behind. I mean, all that sounds fun. Like I was... My parents didn't let me do any of that kind of stuff. This is, so. I need a bingo sheet for every episode that you say, my parents didn't my let parents me. My parents didn't. Things that Luke's parents didn't let him do. Join Cub Scouts. Ding. Yeah, the pretty much uh, did it cost money? Then I didn't do it. Right. right so <laughs> I didn't get to play Little More League baseball. More like, were you exposed to the outer world? <laughs> yeah. Well, I truly think there, there were some things that were religious-based, and there were some things that were money-based. And after-school activities were money-based. So no, right. no baseball, no uh, Cub Scouts, nothing like that. Right, right. And I'm becoming the same way with my own kid, <laughs> our child. I'm just like, <laughs> this costs money. And, you know, it's essentially you're paying for someone to watch them. So it's like you're paying for childcare plus an extracurricular thing that yeah. they're not going to remember. doesn't mean they shouldn't have extracurricular activities, but yeah, you have to do that cost and benefit analysis. Yeah, well... I get it now as a parent when like something pops up and it's like, we're going to play checkers after school once, once a week for, you know, the first semester. Uh, would you like to join? You're like, sure. How much is it? And they're like only $7,000. I'm like, what are you, where did you come up with this number? Where do they come up with yeah. these crazy numbers? And also, <laughs> um, you know, no shade to the, Schools in general, schools are wonderful institutions, but in America, I don't know what we're doing wrong because in our uh, school system, I have been hit up for money more often than I ever knew was possible. Like, I don't know if my mom was experiencing this because I went to a Montessori school, but it's just like, do you want to be part of this event? Yeah. And then submit this money, you know, or donate to this cause. And it doesn't mean I don't think people should, but I truly think it's because, you know, they're just like, yeah, why not? Let's see how much I can... <laughs> I Get know. out of you. Well, we even had one where it was like, they're going to do a lice test at school, right. which we had when we were kids. Like they, they just do that in elementary schools. And then it was like, would you like, and would you like to send, I don't even think it said, would you like it? Just like, and send your $10 donation with this. If you agree to have the lice. Test. I'm like, what are, yeah. Are you still going to check her if we don't give the donation? I know. Are we just send? where are we sending the kids to a clinic for this to be yeah, done? Yeah. No, like, I think you're paying for lice to be put in their hair so that they can have something to remove. I know. That's like, I never heard of that before where it's like, you have to now donate just to have them checked for something that was always checked at schools anyway. Right. Now, again, I'm glad they're saying donation and not a fee, but, um, but yeah. A mandatory donation is a fee. But I'm frugal. I come from frugal lineage and I don't like being asked for extra money when I already pay enough for different this and that. Um, I do remember as a kid, we got free combs with our lice checks. Oh, the one that was used for your hair, probably. They're yeah, probably like, yeah you, they're you like, you go this. ahead and keep that. Yeah, we're not really. <laughs> I just realized lice checks sounds with rice checks, which is why I want to thank our <laughs> sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> just it, kidding. We don't have sponsors. Not yeah, but... We, Rice checks, if you're out there. We checks, we're okay with that as well. We, we've got great puns to Rick Roll into brand names, guys. Yeah, now, did you 
ever know anybody with lice? Did you ever have lice? I really don't want to stay on lice as a topic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you have a fun anecdote about... (laughs) No. One more thing about Black Friday is in New York City... There are very few times where it doesn't already feel like the inside of a Walmart on Black Friday in this town. You know what I mean? We're already shoulder to shoulder and fighting over things. Whose turn was it to get in through the door, et cetera. The, so. They never have any stock here either. So like, yeah. you go to Target on a normal day and then it's like, hey, so where's the paper towels? I'm like, oh, we sold out of those last, you know, <laughs> last week. And you're like, right. well, when do you get more? I don't know. I know. <laughs> Okay. When do you restock? Yeah. Uh, you get. I just started here. Yeah, there's like one set of sheets in the entire place. And you're I like, know. I don't want these. Do you have any, you know, I, I see labels the for other, things. The that- other thing that gets me is when something is in the wrong spot, it'll, it'll say like, how much are these Kleenex? And it'll say paper towels, $20. And you're like, well, well, how much am I paying for this? Yeah. Oh, wow. And the scanners never work. Scanners don't work. Yeah, you gotta go hunting around for a scanner. The people don't know. So it's always a big reveal at the checkout. Yeah, and there is a there is a difference in attitude at um, retail stores in New York City mm-hmm. that isn't everywhere else. Like you know, retail stores in general. Look, I get it. It's not an easy job. I've had friends. I've worked in retail as well. It's not a high paying job. You're not overly mm-hmm. invested. You're like a lot of times. You know, for me, I started uh, in retail when I was in high school. My first mm-hmm. job was at a video game store. Cool. Uh, then I moved up to working the loading dock at Sears. <laughs> and Retail. Retail. Yeah, you're like a retail king. Oh, uh, yeah. You were on your way to being the crazy, crazy Luke. Giving, I did, giving I did away have, deals. When, when I worked at the video game store, the manager there, because uh, I only worked my senior year of high school. My uh-huh. dad was kind of like, focus on academics until... Then I was like, well, but I want some money. So he's like, well, as long as your grades don't suffer, you can get a job your senior year. Mm-hmm. And so I was in a, then applying for colleges. And the manager there goes, you don't want to go to college. Don't go to college. I, I'm a, I would think you should go into the manager training program here. Wow. At, Did he want you to make money or what was his I, angle? I have, in, in retrospect, I'm like, why would you tell someone not to go to college <laughs> and to work? And it's it's the precursor to GameStop. Uh-huh. The place was called Fungo Land, which kind of, I'm not exactly sure if they got bought out by GameStop or they just kind of bought out other stores and then turned into GameStop. Mm-hmm. And so why someone would suggest, you know what, you don't need college. What you need to do is get in the ground floor here at uh, GameStop, essentially. Yeah, work your way up. Work your way up to manager or maybe even regional manager. And it's, you know, being in Indiana, I think that sometimes people's um, foresight for what can be done Uh is a little limited. Just because it's Indiana or just uh, because of like that area where you are? Probably where the area, I mean, I was on the far east side of Indianapolis and it's like, I think that, you know, they probably were just like, you don't want to be one of those college boys. Yeah, you're going to leave the state. You can yeah. work your way up to go downtown. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I hear you. It's it's that whole theory of crabs in a bucket, just keeping yeah. the other crabs from walking out. Yeah, and it's... But, you know, the point with all that is I understand that retail is hard. You know, I've had friends right. that worked Best Buy. You know, one of my best friends worked Best Buy uh, well into, like, adulthood. Like, he w- became, like, the manager of the entire place. And mm-hmm. that meant he had to work every Black Friday every sale that mm-hmm. was going to happen. And so that meant he, you know, especially as in, they've kind of backed off of this a little bit, but for a few years there, 
they were going, we're now starting the Black Friday sale on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, it used right. to be when I was a kid, literally nothing was open on Thanksgiving. And that's why you had the Black Friday. And, and the same was true about Christmas. That's right. Nothing was open on Christmas. And you, if you had to have a return or something, you got a gift that didn't have batteries and you needed batteries, you had to wait until the next day. It was a ghost town out yeah, there. Yeah, you couldn't get anything. Like maybe gas was available or something like that, but you couldn't get that. And so then for a while they changed that where it's like, we're going to open up on Thanksgiving at noon. <laughs> and so he missed family obligations. He missed all of that. Mm-hmm. But that being said, that retail is a hard job. Mm-hmm. It also draws a lot of people that couldn't care less about the consumers themselves. Right. Especially in New York, where they're just like, huh, what do you want? Right. I don't know. I'm stuck here all day. I'm not in a hurry. Yeah. You're in a hurry. You got to get out of here. You're going to wait on my time. Yeah. No, I have, this is a tangent, but bad work advice. One of my early jobs was in a financial institution where I was an internal auditor. I was just temping there, but they had an opening and I was there for about a year so that they let me apply to work there. And I didn't, to this day, I don't understand what I did there. It doesn't mean I didn't do anything. It meant I never felt like I had a grasp on it. Like, am I doing this right? But one funny thing was the man that was my boss found out that I did stand up and was pursuing it on the side. Now, I think I told everybody, this is my career. I'm going to be a stand-up. Yeah. But he was—he always viewed it as a hobby. And he specifically pulled me aside and he's like, you got to let go of that hobby. You know, this is where your real dreams are in careers. I tell my son this all the time. And I left that meeting. I said thank you to him. But I left that meeting feeling like, oh, I feel bad for that guy's son. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to be a whatever he wants to be, a DJ. Yeah. It's no, not going to happen. That What I think people don't understand is the people that are really committed to, they would call it being committed to their dreams. But I would say committed to their passions uh-huh. is that when somebody like that boss comes along and tells you to, you don't want to follow your passion. It just pushes us further into, oh, I'm done here. Like the clock is now ticking. Mm-hmm. I had somebody do that like, uh, I think I was right out of college. I took a job at a bank, mm-hmm. which is also retail, essentially, because <laughs> I was a, it was a cashier or uh, teller. Yes, you know, and so that's just basically like you take people's stuff and then you try to get them to sign up for a credit you card. You as a bank teller is so funny to me. <laughs> oh, I had long hair at the time. It's when I had long hair, and the manager kept trying to get me to cut my hair. Like you need to cut your hair. You really need to be more businesslike, and so that you can. I, I see great potential in you that you can move up here. And it's like, I'd already started in, I hadn't started yet to dabble in stand up, but mm-hmm. like not shortly thereafter, like I, I dressed up as Austin powers at the Christmas party for the bank Hilarious. and went through and did the accent and, was stuff, and people were really enjoying it. And I was like, that was one of the earlier um, touches with, Oh, being funny for a group, you know? Yes. And then I started stand up not that long after, but when she just kept trying to pressure me into, Cut your hair mm-hmm. and let's get you in like the manager training program. Everybody in Indiana wanted me to be in the manager training program for whatever. You. They saw so something in they you. They saw something, but they saw the wrong thing. They saw a very low ceiling for you. Yes, they saw. That was higher than where you were. Well, I think she also said you could be branch manager or move up to regional manager. No. Everybody wanted me to be regional manager. I do want to say there's nothing wrong with these jobs. It's just funny when you want to be an artist for a living that you, you couldn't think of anything worse than to be stuck in the same place showing up the same spot. Well, that's the thing. There isn't anything and looking a certain way you don't want to look and I would have worked there longer Mm -hmm. that's the thing I don't the point is not these are terrible jobs and that everybody should be ashamed of it it's not take pride I was taking pride in doing it yeah it was the pushing me to stop doing the things 
mm-hmm. that made me who I was. Like right. for even like cutting my hair, which I always had it up. I didn't have it like down and flowing. I in my wondered face. about that because people are my, maybe picturing Big Lebowski hair. No, it was like uh, who's the Leonard Skinner hair? It was long. It was when pretty I met long. You. Yeah. So, but I always kept it back. You know, I kept it in a professional look. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Salt Bay. Salt Bay, yes. <laughs> And now, nowadays, people would probably put it in a man bun. Right. You but, never had it on top of your head. Yeah. You always had a little slick yeah. back. Antonio Venderes. Antonio Venderes. Uh, <laughs> it was too sexy. Too sexy. No, no, no. Too sexy. That's probably the problem. She was like, this is too sexy for a She bag. couldn't handle it, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, please, for the love of all this holy, just right. cut your hair and look like a dweeb. Right. And I think that you can, this thing, you can be passionate about working at a bank. And I, I have friends that work at uh, banks and... They are great at what they do. It's like their personalities work so well mm-hmm. with that. It's like uh, my best friend's a bank manager, and it's like he, it's perfect for him. I'm so proud of him because it's like it fits his personality of trying to help people yeah. with their finances, and he's he's great one on one with people, and it's it's perfect. And I was okay working in an environment like that. Mm-hmm. It's when somebody starts saying you're you're wrong for what you are passionate about mm-hmm. enjoy what i'm passionate about and what you want is is silly or trite and what i want is the real world right and maybe they're worried for you you know they're like there's just no future in that they can't wrap their minds around how you can make it work and truly it's a really really hard business to be in entertainment so i I get that. I get that concern. And in hindsight, maybe I won't be so resentful of that boss who tried to get me on the right path. But needless to say, this financial institution, <laughs> it went under, yeah. um, like in a big way during the, what was that? The You know, the movie, The Big Short? Yeah. It was based on banks like that. Yeah. So... <laughs> It was the place. So I should have been giving him advice. Like, no, you need to get you a side hustle, yeah, my friend. You might want to look into the stand-up, brother. Because <laughs> you're going to have a lot of jokes on this. Yeah. Uh, anyway. If you think about people just going to places that they fit in. So being a, a bank manager is something that's amazing if you fit into that. If you're the puzzle piece that fits there, then you can be really... Uh, happy. Well, that's that funny because I always bonded with the people I worked with. So I liked every job and I felt like they all ended prematurely before I was ready to leave them. I either got fired or they went under, you know, the, you know, the economy went in the toilet or something. But I always knew I wasn't a good fit. I knew when I was in a spot where Ooh, I'm not made for this and I am struggling here, but I still looked forward to it. It was the people like I'm a people person. So if I had the same people to say good morning to i'm like that way in our neighborhood like i just want to be able to make eye contact with the same five folks and say good morning to them yeah and then i'm happy i'm happy as a clam but yeah when it comes to like doing what you really feel like you're making an impact or you're growing or you're you know reaching being good at something is true too like I was a waiter for about four days at Bob Evans. <laughs> wow, that's worse than me. And I was terrible. I was a bad waitress and I got fired by it. It lasted longer than oh, four days. I didn't, well, I didn't get fired. I quit. I said, this isn't for me. And they were like, they were upset at me. They yeah. were like, you, you didn't give it a chance. You didn't give it a chance. Like we took all this time to train you and you just got out of training and now you're quitting. And it's like, I think sometimes you have to know like, hey, this isn't for me and it's not... For me to get really good at this thing is going to take more effort than, you know, I'm willing to give for this particular job. Like Bob Evans, 
uh, you know, I was dropping stuff all the time, drop a whole tray of food. Oh, that's bad. And I know. And like, <laughs> and everything. Did anybody clap? Yeah, I know. Oh, everything was like, well, first of all, it's a bunch of old people oh, at Bob they Evans. Were angry. And so all of that work, whatever I did to work to clean stuff up or, you know, to like try to make things right. And then all of, even when I nailed it, I get a dollar tip. Because oh, that's what yeah. old people tip with a dollar. And I'm like, a dollar like you know i'm gonna walk away with 13 dollars after work they this whole lived day. through like, the great depression they couldn't fathom giving more than a dollar no no do you know how far a dollar went in their day uh i tried this thing for a while i don't know if you remember this we would be take our road trips and we'd pass a bob evans and i would call it bob evans it never caught on i i, I well first of all you only did it in your car with your mom and sister so there's no way for it to like it spread you. like wildfire what do you mean no i said it with you with like me? i was I trying to make you this. laugh i called it Bebevans. you don't remember that eh, i never took off that's too bad yeah <laughs> I, I, maybe maybe i didn't even understand that you were making a joke i was like <laughs> i think that she's glitching on me here <laughs> she needs food. Uh, yeah. she's she's losing her mind. Yeah. Well, well, one th- you know that financial job I brought up. Uh huh. Well, internal auditing, by the way, is a very strange job to have because you are within your own financial company trying to check in on other departments to make sure they're doing their job right. And during the holidays, they had a raffle. It was a big celebration. Everybody's having a good time, and it, people were invited to attend. And even contribute to the raffle. But I put in, what, 10 bucks? And I won. I won the big prize. 300 bones. Wow. And I just remember the look on everyone's faces because it was not anybody from the auditing department. It was whatever this department was. They're like, yeah, come on up. Have some eggnog. And I came and I participated. And then I won. And it was just quiet. Like, no cheers. They cheered for anybody who won the raffle. They didn't cheer for me. <laughs> and I said, thank you. And I took it and I left. <laughs> Yeah, thank you guys. Grab a couple shrimp cocktails on your way out. Peace. Because <laughs> you're like a you're like a narc. You're like a mall hall monitor. You know what I mean? You're you're just not wanted when you're checking up on people's work. Yeah, I don't think I I, I no, that's not true. I have won a contest before. Ooh, at least one that I can think of, which was I won an Edgerin James signed jersey, oh. which he was the running back for the Colts in the I think he was drafted in 1999, so he's probably there in 99 through like 2005. Paint the picture. Where were you when you won this? I don't I I don't remember what it was. Like I don't I, I think it was just one of those online you know, raffle type of things. It wasn't even put money in. It was just like contests, like uh, beyond a Doritos bag or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. And I won that, but who really was really good at winning contests in my family was my mom. Oh, at least for a little period of time. It was kind of like the late Mm nineties. She won, I believe at least three different contests at Meyer. Do you remember what the prizes were? I do. The first one, I think, was just a camera or something like that. N- nothing nothing great, just a you know, camera. Remember cameras. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't, it wasn't on a phone. You couldn't make a phone call with them. Yeah, it was it had film. It was very, you know, archaic. But then she won a television. Ooh. So we had that in our kitchen because it wasn't like a huge television. It was, you know, a tube television, CRT, uh-huh. that was probably like 27 inches or so. Oh, that could seem big. Yeah. Back well, then. that was a big TV back then, but it was something where I think that we had already started getting. I think we had a, a projection television because those, for some reason, were popular. Wow. You guys are fancy. I'm looking around in our kitchen. I don't know where we would even put a TV that size. Like, we already I, have a microwave. I know. That's that, Well, that's the funny thing is that, you know, you can have a much, much bigger 
bigger screen mm-hmm. and it takes up a lot less room than these small TVs the that, had the, that had the tube, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. And so that was in the kitchen for a lot of years. And she also won a freezer, like a standalone freezer that goes into your like garage. Cool. So, and all of that, that was like within like 18 months of each other. She just wanted, wow. she would fill out all those forms. Like, and I don't even know if places do this anymore. They used Is it a survey. No, it, I think it was something. So Meyer being like a Walmart, mm-hmm. they used to do this at stores and I don't see this as much anymore where it would just be like, Hey, just fill out your, inf-. they probably just get your information for a mailing list or something like that. Okay. So they could send you ads, but there, there was always a prize sitting there. Like, you could win this thing. Mm-hmm. You could win a television or you could win a freezer. And sometimes it'd be a car. Like, you could win a car. Oh, I love it. And she never won the car. That would have been great. But <laughs> she did win those other things because she would fill them out every time. And uh, maybe other people were not filling out. So, like, you know what? Maybe there's a thousand entries and she won. Either that or she, she did, like, a special origami fold. She did. So that when you put it in the cardboard box and they reach in, they feel hers. It could be. It could be, like, she froze it. Like, that's... <laughs> there's a... There's this whole uh, conspiracy theory about Patrick Ewing. Oh. When he was drafted to the Knicks, uh, there was a there's a lottery for the top pick in the draft. And uh-huh. he was going to be the top pick. And New York was one of the bad, you know, teams that was in the lottery. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the same chance at the time, so they just had big cards with the names of the teams on it. Right. And there was always this conspiracy theory that that they froze the Knicks card because the NBA wanted Patrick Ewing to be in the big market. Okay. And so that when how the, do they make it happen? Yeah, when the commissioner reached his hand and he's like, "Oh, that's the cold one. That's oh, the Knicks." And so conspiracy. I thought I didn't realize the commissioner was in on it. I thought you were just going to say that makes it more appealing. Everybody has to be in on it. It's a conspiracy. Right, so that's between right. two or more people. <laughs> Do you remember when that was the line for some Nicolas Cage movie? At Snake Eyes, maybe? Like in the trailer, he just could be two or more, three, two or three. I'm going to say it wrong. Just, welcome back to Abby's impressions that are way off. Two or more people makes a conspiracy, right? Do you yeah. remember that? <laughs> I do. I don't know if that was Snake Eyes or what that was, but yeah. I know I never saw the movie. I just memorized the trailer or that one line from it, and I looked forward to it every time it came on the radio. I did see Snake Eyes. It was really bad. <laughs> I, I kind of confused it with 8mm because it was another Nicolas Cage movie that oh, yeah, came out at the same time. Not. And what about the one where he's in a car with Angelina Jolie and she has dreads? That's, I don't know, is that Gone 60 Seconds? Yep. Okay. Good job. We know which, our Nick Cage films. Which is my brother's favorite movie of all time is Gone 60 Seconds. <laughs> my brother is the doctor of psychology and his favorite movie is Gone 60 Seconds, Transporter, those type He's of movies. He's an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped it, in a mystery. <laughs> it makes perfect sense when you hear it explained, which is when you're a doctor of psychology and you deal with heavy things all day, yeah. he wants to shut his brain off and just watch somebody drive fast. That makes sense. This <laughs> and is beat like, somebody up. He doesn't want to... <laughs> <laughs> don't want to think. He doesn't want to. Don't want to follow a plot. Right. I call that popcorn for the mind. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want to eat a mindless little snack. I. I like. I'm like that with. I'm so stressed out. You know. Like I'm still learning ways to deal with my stress levels. But my go-to thing to watch to consume with entertainment is Murder She Wrote, which I think most of our listeners know right by now. Um and. It's because it's the same thing every time. <laughs> it doesn't matter what episode you're watching. It follows a, a beautiful pattern and the characters are all familiar. And I just look like a little teddy bear sitting on a shelf when I watch it. <laughs> I'm like, ah, this is good for me. It's it's very weird. Your mouth moves like Teddy Ruxpin too. It's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> 
the fact that you could hear his mouth move was such a turnoff to me. I never owned one, but when I played with a friend's Teddy Ruxpin, I couldn't get past the... I had Teddy Ruxpin. In fact, that was uh, probably about our daughter's age is when I got that, uh-huh. and I loved it, but it, it was... And for people that don't even know what we're talking about, you can Google this, but it was a teddy bear that you put video or uh, audio cassettes into the back of, and he would mouth the words so he yeah, would he's a, tell he's you a, a story cassette player yeah he was a cassette player <laughs> and with a mouth and so it would as his mouth would move you would hear the motor so go, once upon a time there was a girl so. <laughs> yeah those are so sweet i love that concept i meant to uh, tell you like uh, two clicks back i forget what we were discussing but i introduced our daughter to the prices right and she <laughs> loved it <laughs> Really? <laughs> she was guessing the car prices. She was cheering for when they spun the wheel. I hope they don't go over. You know, it was so cute. Oh. I'm like, that's how they get you. No, that's that's fun. It's fun. Oh, to... it was about prizes. We were talking about winning prizes. Oh, and yeah. And your mom who won at Meyer. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense to see. Like, you know, it's funny to see her have her first things and kind of see and hear these things because I'm... I remember she just watched Home Alone and mm-hmm. I remember seeing Home Alone when I was a kid for the very first time. That was one, the the Home Alone VHS was something I got for Christmas one year that, or my birthday. It was one of the two because mm-hmm. my birthday is fairly close to Christmas and that being a big deal and it was so funny and uh, that was, those are most of my first. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I know some people are like, uh, a friend was talking about how he took his daughter to go see a concert or something like that. And I think right. some of my nieces and nephews take their kids to see concerts. And I never, never got any of that. It's another thing. What what didn't your parents let you do? <laughs> go to concerts. <laughs> my bingo card's almost full. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I um, she, The best part about Home Alone for her was anytime Kevin was sassy. You yes. know, say goodnight, Kevin. Goodnight, Kevin. She'd look at me and beam like, yeah. did you hear that one, mom? That was a yeah. good one. And, yeah, um, that was a thing kind of in the 80s, especially in sitcoms, but that this transferred into the movie too, where it's like kids being sassy to adults right? is something that was very... Yeah, finally getting to talk back. Yeah. Well, so for concerts, I did go to a concert, but it wasn't ever the experience that makes me want to do it a ton as an adult and then introduce my kid to it. So yeah, you and I are super nostalgic, but that's not something that we are, would would necessarily like push on a kid i push apple picking yeah she enjoys that with me you can't be bothered you've gone you've gone enough in your life yeah i, I picked all the apples i need to pick as the way i put right. it right it's like you're, I, you're, I, you're over this uh this big con of getting people to pay way too much for apples i know but i gotta um, go pay to do the work for you okay that's but concerts good. what was your first concert i think the very first uh, i think it was in high school maybe i i went to see yeah, this is, I've only gone to a couple concerts really ever in my life, maybe three or four. Lawrence Welk. Uh, Lawrence Welk. This, this is where we reveal our age. That would that would be actually something my parents would have let me go see. Like, <laughs> they're they because um, they would let me do the church concerts, which were like eh, I didn't really care about that. At were all. those outdoor? Like, your no, week? it would have been in the church. Okay. Yeah, church a sanctuary. Live performances. But I I went and saw. Uh, the Goo Goo Dolls Ooh. when I was in high school and there was Goo Goo yeah who was their opening act um, oh wait can I guess yeah you can guess then we'll mess you there's, up no there's two two opening acts that they had and you would know both of them okay Eve Six no but it is around that time huh. and you you would know 
I can give you a hint. Yeah, give me a hint. Uh, he just wanted to fly. Oh my goodness, Sugar Ray. Yeah, Sugar Ray cool. was the, the middle act. Oh. And the opening, opening act was Fastball. Oh man, I would so, be there to see Fastball. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think out of the three that appear on the radio, I liked them all, you know, I was singing, them, singing to them, but Fastball I still play today. Yeah, that would, that was actually a fairly big concert in terms of like every act had already had a number one hit, right. I think, on the radio that you had heard. That's great. Uh, but it was a Goo Goo Dolls concert. Mm-hmm. It was not... Any, it wasn't like a, they're all co-headlining. It was like, we're going to see a long set from um, Goo Goo Dolls and we're going to hear the hits from the other yes, people. Yes, right. That was great. It's a great way to do it. Yeah. And I think, I, let's see, I went when I was in college to go see Fuel. Nice. I still don't know their music. Like, I'd have to hear it. Uh, at the time, they had... It's, a, it's heavy guitar, right? It, yeah. It's a, they were a hard rock band. And so, the I don't... Gravelly voices. The, uh, what was his name? Buck Cherry or Cherry Poppin' something was the <laughs> Cherry name. Cherry Poppin' Daddies is different than... I know. It was one, it was one of the... Was cherry. Eagle, Eagle Eye Cherry? No, I know. I think it was Buck Cherry. Why are there so many Cherry bands? I don't know. Everybody thought that was probably so cool at the time. Like Cherry, <laughs> Cherry Lawson. I mean, just all this Cherry stuff. Mary Muffin. Great yes. toy. Um, so those... That was a concert I saw when I was in college with my housemates. And we went and saw that at the Murat... Ooh, that's um, our fancy place in Indianapolis. Yeah, that was like the Egyptian room. I Beautiful. Think no, I saw Fiona Apple there. Oh, that's, yeah. that's that would have been a fun one to see. Yeah. And then when I also when I was in college, I saw. Um, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Because he's Mister Indiana. Mister uh, Indiana. Yes. Gover oh, Pyle. No, I saw Gover Pyle. <laughs> <laughs> he would sing back home again in Indiana yes. at the Indy 500. No, now uh, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. Oh, of course. But he was just John Mellencamp. He is uh, Mr. Indiana. Yeah, well, he's definitely Mr. Bloomington. That's where I was in school, was in Indiana University Bloomington. Or as I affectionately call him, Mr. Cigarettes. Yes, Mr. Cigarettes. Well, I, you, he looks like he smells like cigarettes. Like, there's just some guys where you're like, you look like you smell Little like ditty cigarettes. About all the cigarettes. <laughs> yes. So I saw him twice. Uh, once because I, he was doing a concert in the um, arena, mm-hmm. the, where the assembly hall, where the basketball team plays, and they said if you just park, you know, do the parking, uh-huh. the car parking, um, then you can see the concert for free. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. That's great. And I went and saw that. And then the other day, <clears throat> another time I saw him was he just decided to do a pop up concert in the middle of this meadow. Oh. right on campus and it was a block from where I lived and so I was like oh what's that noise and we just went over <laughs> and it was John Mellencamp playing a impromptu concert right in the middle of usually that. it's students tinkering on their dumb acoustic guitars and this time you're like ah who's making all this noise and I it's oh it's a real I could up. smell the cigarettes so I was like hmm. follow <laughs> follow your nose <laughs> to the scent of cigarettes well that was more than your first concert, but I'll tell you my first 50 concerts as well. Well, no, I, those were my, all the four concerts I've ever seen in my life. Right, right. I, my first one was Rage Against the Machine and Wu-Tang Clan. And I can't remember if they co-headlined or if one opened for the other. But uh, no, now I remember Wu-Tang opened for Rage. Wait, I still don't know. But I remember what happened was one of Wu-Tang members lost his shoe and... <laughs> one, and someone in the audience wanted to keep it and so they started rapping give me my shoe stupid MF give me my shoe and he got the whole crowd to sing it and I think you know some muscle bound security guard got the shoe back I feel like that kind of takes away some of the tough 
image of Wu-Tang Clan. I was like, come on, guys. Give me my shoe back. Give me my on, shoe back, guys. Come on, guys. Oh. Either that or, well, it was more like, you're not going to make money off of my shoe. I sell my shoes on eBay. <laughs> you don't sell my shoes on eBay. I, I mean, that's that's a man after my own heart. I'm the same way. Um, but yeah, I felt so cool. I loved it. I probably wore a choker to that concert. Oh, a choker. Wow. That's right. I looked good in chokers. I have a really long neck for the viewers at home. <laughs> viewers at home. Yes. For the listeners. <laughs> If you were picturing me with a short neck, you were way off. No, no. I'm a swan, babies. Yeah, long neck. How big was that choker? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't big. They were all black plastic zigzag. That's true. This, by the way, this episode was uh, back to the nineties here. Yeah, really. It was. It was heavily imbued with the nineties. Maybe it was a headband, and I just wore it around my neck. Now, in hindsight, I can't remember. You know, I've actually been in a Black Friday commercial. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Do you remember? And it was great because I was a news anchor reporting on Black Friday for a very famous department store. And what I liked about it at the time was I was like, the tables have turned. I'm not the shopper. You're the shopper. (laughs) I'm making you spend money. You're not making me spend money. (laughs) I probably spent money that year. But still, it was nice to have the tables turn. Yeah, it's it's cool to, to see you in that commercial. Because I remember we went actually back to Indiana for that Thanksgiving, and your commercial popped up while we were doing like Thanksgiving at my sister's house. It was just happened to be on television, maybe during the football game or something. That's like right. That. And everybody like cheered for you. Well, you're yeah, you're blending two separate Thanksgivings. I was on another Thanksgiving oh. commercial, yeah, where I'm at a dinner table. I don't even remember what that was for, but I'm serving food. I was amazed because I was expecting at the time and I thought oh man it's gonna be so hard to get booked while I'm pregnant but it works for like family at Thanksgiving what's more family like than someone who's gonna have a grow her family mm-hmm. but uh but that one I remember because everybody gathered in the living room they're like wow it's your commercial yeah that felt great so uh, anyway both that, years both commercials both families that, that happens you know because you've been in uh, several commercials uh quite a few commercials over the years and mm-hmm. that's just part of you know this career is doing stuff like that. And it's interesting because I was watching a commercial. Like, have you ever been in a commercial with an animal? Because I don't remember. I've auditioned for commercials where they're like, do you like dogs? Are you allergic to dogs? And I'm like, yeah, I love dogs. I have two at home. So I've never gotten to book one, sadly. Uh, It's funny to see them though. Because like I was watching this dog. I know what you're going to say. Okay, you tell me. They never, they don't look where they're supposed to look. They don't, they don't never... They never look like they're actually part of the family that they're supposed to be with. They look they like they look like they're there against their will. They do. They always look anxious, mm-hmm. kind of like, "Well, what's happening here?" And they're clearly always staring off screen, yeah, off camera to the whoever the real owner is, right? The trainer. The trainer. This is this is up to the director to get the right angle on this one because the other thing I noticed is that you know when the actor on camera wants to be affectionate with the dog, the dog's not quite responding the way a normal dog would. They let themselves be pet, but they're not like into it, wagging their tail, ears back, or nuzzling the owner. They're looking away at. And this, do I sit still now? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the, so The guy's tense. off screen holding a pork chop and they're like, yeah, I can't wait to get that. And the person's petting them. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't bother me. Don't no, bother I me. Did. I got to get to that pork chop. I did host a show where for whatever segment we needed um, a piglet. Like I was babysitting a piglet all day or something in the in the show. And their owner, the, the like pet handlers are very intense about the pet being able to focus on them. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, if I can't be the one that commands their attention, then 
you know, they're not trained properly and they could, they're not trustworthy. So it's not really all that fun to work with the pet handlers either because they're just not into you. They're yeah. like, okay, uh-huh. And you're like, can I pet your cute little animal? How old is he? What's his name? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's his break. <laughs> Everybody's like Ralphie in line for Santa Claus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. Just, Don't bother I, me. I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let me peel back the curtain there for uh, what it's really like to be able to interact with those pets. You love them. You wish they would love you. They don't and their owners don't. Yeah. It's kind of like real life. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home. <laughs>